Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Joy Cardine, and I'd like to introduce Ananda Murilli, running for the Madison Metropolitan School Board, Seat 5. And as we begin, I'd like to give you an opening statement as to your educational, vocational, and civic experience that you have which qualifies you for the office and why you are running for the Madison Metropolitan School Board. Mm, thank you, Joy. Um, I started turning into school board governance uh, when my daughter uh, started attending kindergarten. She's now a sophomore at La Follette High School. And at that time, I heard that um, our school board members were good people willing to serve our schools. And um, when I started attending the school board meetings, I learned that to be true. But I was also true was that some of our school board members, not all of them, but some of them, didn't really understand or know the experiences, my experiences, for example. I'm a first-generation immigrant in this country. Uh, my daughter was born in the U.S. Um, the, this is the first time we're attending uh, public schools and interacting with the public school systems here in the U.S. So I had a lot of learning uh, to understand. I had to do a lot of learning to understand uh, the complexities of what it's like to be a mother uh, in, the, in the schools and how to partner with the schools. And um, uh, I, I am a Southside resident. I've been a Southside resident for quite some time now. And uh, seeing also the complexities of my neighbors and my community. Um, and then also learning about uh, the disparity data that we currently experience in our schools, uh, in our education system in general. Um, and really seeing um, that being reflected um, from the narratives on um, discussions in the school board and the decision making and the policy making that those um, those school board members were making and really missing um, my story and the story of people like me and I thought for a while that my my role in the community was to to advocate was to organize parents which I have done um, but I realized that my role was, my call was to actually be in that decision-making body. The achievement gap between white students and students of color is a chronic problem that MMSD has struggled with for a long time. What of the superintendent's priorities for narrowing the gap do you support, and what do you believe uh, should be the board's priorities? Mm -hmm. This current administration has been very innovative in proposed a cadre of uh, initiatives and programs. Um, some of them that I that I highlight, I would say the AVID program, which actually started before this administration, um, but the personalized pathways, I think, has been an innovative approach um, to it that I, I, I fully support. Um, our responsibility as school board members is really to make sure that we support the administration and the school and the school staff uh, to do the job that is needed. Um, as I mentioned before, I think one of the things that one of the perspectives that is missing missing is the understanding of uh, when we talk about race disparities, like understanding the impact of race in education. I work for the Department of Public Instruction. I work in racial equity. Uh, for our educators. 
so making sure that our educators are, are prepared and understand the impact of race on their students and in our schools. Um, so I believe that the, it is a fiduciary duty of the school board to uh, hold the administration accountable and for them to understand that um, they can do programs and, 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 and do new initiatives. That is a, that's a big part, but there is a fundamental narrative uh, in our schools that schools need to be a welcome placing for all students. A personalized pathways program is being implemented and promoted in the MMSD as one way to open educational opportunities for students of color and to help close the achievement gaps. What do you see as the strengths and weaknesses of the program as it's currently structured? Oh, great. Thank you for that question. I was actually working at the Doyle Building at that time. Personalized pathways were being implemented, so a lot of my saw so a lot of my colleagues working on that. Um, I was a I was and still am a very uh, strong advocate for for that program. Um, I think that the strengths is the innovative approach, the research base, uh, the narrow focus on um, addressing some of the gaps in the schools, in particularly around exposing students to. Um, opportunity to think about careers in college. Uh, one of the challenges, and I think it is, there's a common challenge around any new initiative in the school district, is uh, around implementation. You know, how do you work uh, the things that you weren't expecting that would happen? I think that is always a challenge. Um, for me personally, we have been uh, directly impacted. My daughter attends La Follette High School in a, in a block schedule. And we did not know that the pathways would put an added pressure to the school, the block schedule. And the block schedule was something that was is likely like by many of the parents and students. And now we're no longer going to have that block schedule. Staff use of racial slurs has recently emerged as a significant personnel issue in the Madison schools. How should this issue be addressed throughout the district? Mm -hmm. I have a lot of empathy to my fellow educators that don't understand the implication of using racial slurs or just the implication of understanding race and the impact of race in education. Um, and I say this uh, to say also that that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be leaning in and um, figuring out ways to address that. I am an educator. Uh, I graduated from UW-Madison with a, um, a degree, a master's degree in education and leadership and policy. And I saw throughout my, my experience at the school that we talk very little about race. And so, you know, expecting that the teachers understand that implication um, is, is a tall order, but we must. Um, and that should start in the school board. And I don't see our school board members currently uh, speaking and, and, uh, to that degree and modeling that for our teachers, and we need to have that. School safety is a hot-button issue across the country. How do you look at the issue of school safety, and what is the school board's role in addressing it? I can't, Joy. Like, I have personal experience in this. Um, my daughter had constantly, especially in the beginning of the school year, texted me saying, you know, we got another school lockdown. We're sending mm -hmm. pictures. I'm in the closet. I don't know what's going on. I wasn't supposed to be where I was, you know, I'm not, I'm not where I was supposed to be when, when, um, when the school was getting locked was getting locked down, and the the emotions and the heart and the and the uh, worry that a parent feels when when those experiences when your child is experiencing those things and not knowing what to do, um, I 
you know, the, the school safety, um, there are a lot of things that we could do to school safety, from, lock, from, 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 from door locks to security guards, um, or, and or we can use a proactive approach. How can communities uh, strengthen um, their relationships and their support so that they're actually promoting that safety is part of their values throughout the schools and everyone is committed to that. And that's my goal. Um, I've done some of that work when I was a director for the Restorative Justice Program uh, at the YWCA and I saw transformational things happening in the schools that are most needed uh, with students that were completely disengaged and often had a lot of uh, behavioral referrals. Of course, none of those those changes happen overnight. It needs a community effort. It needs a value and transforma transformative approach to address that. What do you identify as the biggest budget issues for the school district in 2019 and going forward? And how do you propose the board address them? Um, I think the budget issue is, is still the same uh, from when I ran the first time in 2013. We spend a lot of time, a lot of money and time and resources in addressing problems, in reactionary approaches, or um, putting band-aids and things that are already not working well. Um, I think the challenge moving forward is how do we um, uh, become more um, proactive in the issues that we're trying to address, like safety and the many educational gaps and um, racial equity in special education and making sure that the students are receiving the services that they um, they are that we're mandated to receive, that teachers and staff receive the salaries that um, show and demonstrate our commitment to them and dignity uh, for their professional for the profession and continue to be innovative. Um, Band-aid approaches, fixing things that are not working well are constantly going to um, move our resources and our time uh, to things that are not sustainable. How do, how do you envision keeping up with multiple constituencies, including students, parents, teachers, administrators, and the taxpayers who are not part of these groups but to whom you must answer? Mm -hmm. Um, I th you know, I have um, a, a long history in this community and serve many different boards. Um, my approach has been always been very direct and transparent. Um, if I don't know, I, I will uh, learn about it and um, bring back that information. Uh, but what I think is most important and what I haven't really seen a lot of leadership on in the current board and the boards before that and board members before that was that, you know, how do we actually bring constituents to help solving problems, right? And um, not just hearing, like, so now I'm serving this group, but not this group, which has often happened in our community. But how can we say, like, you know, we have this problem. It's a shared problem. Um, how do we then bring uh, folks together for, for uh, a shared interest, you know? And our shared interest is to make sure our public schools are the best schools for all students, that our shared interest is that people are moving to Madison to attend our public schools. Our public schools are part of the postcards of our Madison's uh, city. And if that is our interest, how are we going to support that? What would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview? Um, I, um, I just want to say that I've been really humbled by the commitment, uh, of, by the support, by the... Uh, energy that our campaign has motivated folks. I, I encourage everyone to make sure that they vote, that they let their neighbors know to vote, uh, to understand 
the, the complexities of the school board race, um, to please learn more about um, my reputation, my, my work here in this community, uh, in particular around addressing racial equity, and, um, and realizing that this is a voice that's must needed in our school board. I would like to thank Ananda Murilli for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. As with every election, please vote. On behalf of the Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us. Yeah.